promises have to be obtained. There's an act. They have to actually be pursued. Welcome to the Grow Time Business Devo, where we explore biblical principles for living a high-performance and God-honoring life. My name is Kenneth Ott, and today we're going to talk, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 6. And um, this was my Devo for this morning, so I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, it's it's keeping on a certain theme that if you've listened to a few of these devos, you see that I'm I'm kind of within and and honestly God's just kind of leading me through and and maybe it's because I'm looking for the theme that I see it, but um, I'm seeing it everywhere and I want to share that with you. And so this is Hebrews chapter six, verse thirteen through twenty, and I'll um, I'll actually read it. The core verse is, is verse 15, um, but I'm going to read cha- uh, verse 13 through 20, actually out of the English Standard Version. It says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus, Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. So that's the core verse. Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. And I'll just continue on here. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor to our soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. I'm ending at verse 19 there. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor to our soul. And that's kind of what I want to sit on today is this idea of what this, what this passage is saying, what I get out of it is God's promises are an anchor to our souls. God's promise is an anchor to your soul. You can also uh, extrapolate from soul. It's an anchor to your hope. It's an anchor to your vision. It's an anchor to your dreams. God's promises is an anchor to our soul and what our soul thirsts for. And the hope of our soul, obviously, in the future as Christians. So let's just kind of, I've got a couple of things that I just wanted to kind of show that I got out of this. So on verse 15, right? Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. And so the first idea here is that God's promises. So, so in the, in the King James or the new King James actually says, and so after, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So first of all, after is, is the key word there, right? He didn't get it and then say, thank you. Right. He didn't get it. And then be like, and, and, and not have to um, go through the, the kind of uh, faith and maybe trials and discouragement in the time between he got when he got the promise and when he received 
the actual fruition of the promise, right? He had to patiently endure. And only after he patiently endured, it said, then he obtained the promise. Okay, so patiently enduring is one part of this, right? So this idea of, and I, and I relate this to myself and hopefully you can relate. Maybe you have a promise from God. Maybe you have a vision that you believe is a promise from God. The promise for you, for your family, for your business, whatever that is. Um, and maybe that's just not coming to pass real fast, right? Maybe there are challenges and trials. Maybe there's something that happened that's really discouraging that makes you question that promise. And I think this idea of having to patiently endure is one critical part of receiving the promise from God. It doesn't say that God gave him a, promised him something and then handed it to him easily. He had to number one, patiently endure. Endure means that you have to like actually go through something, right? Endurance is when you persevere consistently when you can when you can persevere through something hard okay and so this idea of patience and endurance endurance might be something that us as entrepreneurs have really have some of right i've got endurance right i would say like one of my qualities is that i can endure maybe to a fault for me uh, sometimes i can endure in situations that I, I need to get out of. And, and maybe my endurance level is actually too high in some ways, or maybe the wisdom attached to my endurance is too high. But we as entrepreneurs might have endurance, right? We're used to going through and pushing through walls and hard things, especially if you're a leader, if you're, especially if you're a type A, or um, if you've done the Enneagram, like, you know, an eight, or if you've done the disc, maybe you're a high D, right? But this idea of someone who pushes through walls, you can probably relate to that. The idea of someone who patiently waits, you might not be able to relate to that as, as well. I think I, I struggle with patiently waiting. And we've talked about the idea of waiting before. And I think there's clearly a connotation in our current society of waiting being passive. But waiting in biblical terms is not passive. And patience is not a weak thing. You know, sometimes. I often see, uh, I, I get to interact with a lot of entrepreneurs and I kind of understand that what I'm about to say, but a lot of them would say that they're not patient people, okay? And I understand that I think there, there's this, I think there's an idea that patience is slow or patience is not energetic or patience is, um, is weak, Right? or doesn't get results. Patience doesn't get results. I think there are these kind of ideas, but patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Patience is, is talked about throughout the Bible, and patience is valuable. Patience is hard. Patience requires control of all your energy and emotions. It requires great strength and great wisdom because when you your everything in your body feels like you need to run through that door, patience tells you, hold on, um, we want to run through that, but we're going to control ourselves because 
running through that may not be the wisest thing, right? Patience and wisdom kind of go hand in hand. By the way, as I'm unpacking this right now, I'm actually speaking it to myself because I have those same feelings of like patient in my mind. I'm like, I don't want to be considered slow. I don't want to be considered weak. I want to quickly get results. And sometimes patience feels like it's in conflict with that. Obviously, it is in conflict with that. But patience, the kind of subtext of patience is that um, there's something better for you if you can be patient, right? So the smart people, then you would extrapolate from that. The smart people are patient. The wise people are patient. The successful people are patient because patience infers that there's something better for you if you if you can control yourself. So patiently waiting, or and, sorry, sorry, uh, Abraham patiently endured. And then he obtained the promise, right? So after he had patiently endured, after he had patiently endured, he then obtained the promise. And obtained is a really interesting word because he wasn't handed the result. Obtained, the definition of obtained is to get, acquire, or secure something. Obtain, to get, acquire, or secure something. Promises from God have to be pursued. They are active. You don't just get them handed to you. It doesn't mean that some things that good things don't happen to you without you having to struggle. That's not necessarily what it means. It means that it does. So it doesn't mean things aren't easy. It does mean that a promise from God is going to have to be obtained. There's an act on your part. There is. And so that should encourage us because the reason it encourages me is if you feel like you've got a word from God and then things are getting hard and it seems like roadblocks are, are happening or, or, um, or maybe, you're, maybe you're going in reverse. Maybe it feels like things are going in reverse and you're getting discouraged. So patiently endured is, is the part of getting through some of those things. And then keeping hope is what's required in obtaining it. So keeping hope is important because now you have to now push through things. You might have to level up to get to the promise that he has for you. I know in my experience in life, there have been a couple of times in my life, and I've talked about this recently, where God, I feel like God has given me a word. I can see the vision that he has given me. And I believe that that is where I'm supposed to go. That I believe that's where he's, he's, that's something that he's got for me. And um, I can move forward with confidence. Okay. So there are times where, where that's been the case. Now, at the same time, sometimes those things get delayed. Sometimes that vision starts to get challenged. Um, I had a situation recently where it started, it, it, it triggered a doubt in my mind about the word that I believe I got from God to move in a certain direction. And I quickly caught it and had to check myself. And it's now, it would be foolish to not consider the new information that comes in, but you don't, necess- you don't change 
if God's told you something and you believe it, you don't change what that is. You might change how you go about it, right? There might be faster ways to get it, right? For, you know, for example, like I, I'm a big proponent of coaching and I get, I get a lot of coaching for business. Um, I'm in a lot of masterminds or, or certain mastermind groups. Um, I actually facilitate several mastermind groups. I'm the coach of a lot of other people as well. I believe that there are shortcuts. So we know with masterminds and coaching, like those are considered shortcuts, right? Use somebody else's life experience to shortcut on the map of your life, shortcut how you get to the result that you're trying to get to. So the result doesn't change or the thing that you're pursuing doesn't change. Just how you go about it may change based on information. And so there's various ways of shortcutting that. But promises have to be obtained. There's an act they have to actually be pursued. And so that is, I think that's a core takeaway here and really kind of the, uh, you know, most of what I wanted to dwell on and what I thought was so interesting about this. The fact that Abraham received a promise and only after he patiently endured, then he obtained that promise. He had to work for it. And by the way, Abraham was a baller. He was a, he was an, he was a ridiculous man, right? Abraham was rich. He was wise. He was godly. He has a massive legacy. He was powerful. Abraham had fought kings, right? To rescue his nephew, right? When he was like, I think in his later years in life, like over 75, I think. Abraham was a great businessman, clearly. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been, the Bible says Abraham was very rich, okay, with cattle and uh, all, all sorts of other things, right? He had servants who he armed to go pursue and defeat these kings who had captured his nephew. Um, Abraham was, was an awesome man and, and he was, so clearly from that, you can imagine he was someone who pursued things. He was someone who, who set a goal, achieved the goal, um, and moved towards that goal, right? Um, at least that's what I get out of reading about Abraham. And so I don't know what God's promised you, but I'll also say, maybe you don't feel like you have a promise from God. Maybe you don't feel like you have the vision um, there have been large portions of my life where I haven't felt like that. And there are certain areas of my life where I don't feel like I have that yet. We've talked about how maybe the first thing to do is be waiting and pursuing the word, right? That you would get the clarity of vision that you would get. Um, and so, so maybe if you don't have that clarity, the thing to do is, to pursue it. Like, what if you had that clarity? What if you had absolute clarity on the direction that you're supposed to be running? How much more confident would you be in how you build your business or how you manage your life or how you grow your family or, 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 or how you make decisions about what you should do next? I believe that when when you have when you can have that clarity, it's really powerful, and so so that would make that would mean that pursuing that clarity is important, right? And then maybe you have that clarity, 
Or maybe you have that clarity in a certain part of your life. And maybe there are some challenges. Maybe things have caused you to question that. I know that's happened to me. Um, maybe there's been a massive delay. Um, I, you know, Abraham, he was 75 years old when he was first given the promise that God gave him, that he would be a great nation. You know, when I imagine how it happened, I don't know for sure, but I don't, I don't get spoken uh, words that I can hear. I get feelings and I get reassurance from then other things that are not coincidental when God, when, I, when the times that God speaks to me, I imagine that maybe that came from within Abraham, you know, that idea that he would be a great nation. But he's 75 years old when that happened. And um, he was a hundred years old when Sarah actually gave birth to Isaac, his son, the first. So now he's supposed to be a great nation, right? And the first person in that great nation gets born only 25 years later or, 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 or 25 years later. That's a great amount of time, right? He'd wait 25 years and he probably... There were probably a lot of things that could have discouraged him throughout that period of time. And maybe if he didn't keep, uh, protect the hope and the belief, remember we talked about belief and I belief is just so powerful. If he didn't have that belief, maybe if there was too much doubt or doubt crept in, maybe that wouldn't have happened, right? Maybe it would have affected the result. I believe it would have. I don't believe that Abraham was passive Nothing that we read says he had a passive life in the obtaining of the promise that he would be a great nation. I actually believe that because there's nothing that says otherwise. You know, I think sometimes we think when God promised him something, God just gave it to him. I don't believe that that's the case. I believe that the promise that he got, he had to live out and pursue and believe in and keep hope through challenges, through discouragement, and then go and, and actually win it and obtain it, right? Through Christ or through God, who gives him strength, gives us strength, right? But it's our, but it's our, it's our journey. And I don't think it was passive. So I think it was probably 25 hard years. And then the first born gets, the first boy gets born. And then God actually eventually tell, asks him to, to kill that or sacrifice him, right? And what kind of discouragement would come at that point, right? You're supposed, I'm supposed to be a great nation. I've got one child and uh, technically two at that time, but one child towards this great nation. And now you want me to sacrifice that child, right? But I believe that he had to keep that belief without a doubt. And that's probably the encouragement for me um, in this as well. I'm going to read the, just, I'm going to close on this. I have a little, there's a little like piece of the devotional that, that I was reading today. It's called Streams in the Desert. And um, there's a few sentences that I thought would be a really good way to end uh, because I think it summarizes things really well. It's just, so I'm going to read that to you and then we're going to close. Uh, so it says, beloved, God's promises never fail to be accomplished. And those who patiently wait can never be disappointed. For believing faith leads to realization. Believing faith 
leads to realization, believing faith. Abraham's life condemns a spirit of hastiness, admonishes those who complain, commends those who are patient, and encourages quiet submission to God's will and way. Abraham, by all accounts, was a high performance, maybe the highest ever performance individual. Okay. He was very successful. And he's got one of the greatest legacies in the history of the world. All right. Yet, his life condemns a spirit of hastiness, right? Or people who complain. It commends patience and quiet submission. You know, you, those are things that you may not associate with a high-performance individual and why they should be. Things like complaining about your situation, all that does is bring doubt into your, into your mind. And doubt is something that you need to rid of, of your soul. If, you, you know, if, if, if you've been given a promise, belief is the most important thing. If you doubt, that hurts the belief. That also hurts, that also hurts the outcome or the potential outcome. And so controlling, complaining, being patient, some of these things that are not typically associated with an entrepreneur, a successful person, maybe the, the picture of one. I believe that it is associated with, with truly successful people. But the picture, right, the social media picture of the Mountain Dew drinking you know, crazy person, that is not necessarily what gets you the success that you're looking for. So I hope this is helpful for you today. And until next time, thanks. Never stop growing.